Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Oh, it's going to be a good word tonight, okay? And I I want you, if you would, just to open up your hearts and let's just turn to the book of Genesis together. We're going to be going to Genesis chapter 12 to begin with. And I will be, you know, uh, several places here from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through Genesis chapter 21. We'll be telling a story tonight and it it has um, a real uh, impact. Uh, on our lives, our situation, and things that were that are going on in our world today, and tonight, the title of my message tonight is "Off the Hook." Off the hook. Now, uh, you'll you'll know what that means whenever we get into this. Okay, off the hook. Okay, in Genesis chapter twelve, and and by the way, Abraham is going to be one of our key figures tonight as we're talking, and Abraham and Sarah. Okay, and uh, forgive me whenever we're all the way back before he was called Abraham, and he's called Abram, and Sarah, you will read, is Sarai. Forgive me if I don't say that. I'm probably going to say Abraham and Sarah, even though we are beginning a little bit before the point where God changed their names to reflect uh, a, a new image. Okay, that he wanted them to have. So let's begin. As you know, many of you are familiar with Abraham. Abraham, of course, is the father of our Christian faith. Abraham was father also to the Jewish uh, um, families and to the tribes of Israel. And he was also father uh, to the Edomites and, and, and the Arabs in that part of the world. It's interesting that, that uh, in, in fact, uh, three of the major religions uh, in, in, in the world point back to Abraham as a key figure in the beginning of, of, of their um, their. Uh, in their beginning, I'll say it that way. Uh, but uh, tonight we're going to begin where Abraham was living in a place called Haran. Uh, it's it's um, but between uh, the Euphrates and, and, and the Tigris rivers, right in that area, up in what is now the edge of Syria uh, and into Turkey. Okay, just in that little region. It's in the Ararat mountain range, not on Ararat mountain, not on Mount Ararat, but in the Ararat mountain range. And many people imagine that to have been not only the uh, cradle of civilization, but also the point where uh, the ark probably landed a little farther south than Mount Ararat itself. But that's a whole nother story. We began in Genesis chapter 12 uh, with God speaking to Abram. And forgive me, I'm going to call him Abraham, okay? Um, And in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. 
And I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. This is one of the prayers that I pray consistently. Multiple times every week, I will ask God to bless me and make me a blessing. I will pray over your lives. It's something I pray for you individually, as a family, and also us as a church, that God would bless us and make us a blessing. It is one of the cries of my heart. It came from this word that God gave to Abram and he said you know I'm gonna make you a great nation you know I asked the Lord to make us a great church Lord make us a great community Lord make us a great family of believers Lord and bless us and make us a blessing in verse 3 I will bless those that bless you what a what a promise what a what a covenant I will bless people that bless that dare to bless you isn't that great and, uh, I, and uh, he says, and I will curse those who curse uh, uh, him who curses you. That means that God will not stand for people to hurt you. The Bible says that it's a righteous thing if God recompenses vengeance upon those who harm his children. You know, uh, God is a protective God. He's a protective parent. He's a parent who cares and surrounds his children, his family. And he's saying this to Abraham specifically. Now, this is a word to Abraham, but it is a reflection of the heart of God for us. It's a reflection, and it is, it, 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 it's an understanding that Jesus, you know, uh, the same yesterday, today, forever, you know, God God does not change. Uh, uh, this, is a, this is a rhema word from God to Abraham. But as God has given us this Bible, when we read through the words of God, even though perhaps you can't just jump on everything without God enlightening it, I mean, God still needs to speak to us because there are some scriptures in the Bible that you don't want to claim and you hope that they are not from you. Things that God said to other people, you're hoping that he didn't say that to you. You know what I mean? One of them, you know, your wife shall be a harlot in the streets. You don't necessarily want to open that up and go, whoa, start claiming that one for your promise box. You know, um, you know, he, he went out and hung himself. Go down and do likewise. You don't want to read that either, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, and we can't be people that pick and choose. What we have to do is be led by the Lord and open up our hearts to God and see how God interacts with his children. See how he interacts with his enemies. Seeing how he interacts with nations, with those who follow him and those who call out and cry out to him. And then whenever God inspires his word and it leaps off that page and into our hearts, then we can have this uh, uh, confident sense that God also is speaking to us but uh, you know uh, that it's 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 not just a name it claim it there actually has to be um, a, a, a word in our hearts okay so here God is saying this to Abraham and he, he says in the end of verse 3 and in you Abram all the families of the earth shall be blessed so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Uh, 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 Haran. Now, Abram is 75 years old here. That's important to our progress tonight. Abraham is 75 years old, and he has received a promise from God that God is going to bless him. And, that, and, 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 and in him, uh, uh, God's going to make a nation out of him. 
That means more people are coming from me. That means that, that, that you know, uh, uh, out, out, out of my loins, there's going to come a nation. Wow. And, and, and God will make my name great. And, and uh, you know, uh, and all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I mean, this is the promise from God. He's 75 years old. And God just wants him to go to the promised land, the land that God has promised to give him and his descendants after him. Well, right now he has no descendants, okay? He has no descendants. He's 75, his wife is 65. And uh, maybe, maybe, you know, 10 years later, we see God speaking again. 10 years later, Genesis 15. Go with me to Genesis 15. And it says uh, in, in verse 1, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Now, why is God saying this to him? Because it's been, it's been a decade. It's been a decade since God promised that I'm going to do something through your life. Now, who in the world wants to wait a decade, especially when you're 75 years old? Who in the world wants to wait a decade to see God moving in your life? Who in the world wants that promise? You know, many times we can read the story of a Bible character, you know, in just a few minutes, but we don't, uh, may not always appreciate the fact that it took them a lifetime to live this. So here we are, you know, approximately nine or ten years later, a decade later, and so far nothing has happened. Nothing of the promise of God has happened other than Abraham has gotten a few more sheep and he went, you know, down into Egypt and he came out and he lied about his wife and, you know, I mean, a few other little things happened. But, but, but he's not seeing the heartbeat. He's not seeing the fulfillment. He, he's not seeing anything happen with what God has told him. And so in verse uh, 2, it says, But Abraham said, Lord, oh, 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 Lord God, what will you give me? Well, God's already told him what I'm going to give you. I'm, 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 I'm going to make a nation out of you. And your descendants are going to be blessed, and I'm going to give them the land wherein I'm sending you. And, 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 but Lord, what will you give me? Seeing that I go childless. Seeing that, you know, let, let me just paraphrase this. Let, let, let me uh, attempt to put us in Abraham's shoes for a moment. Lord, what is it that you're going to give me? <laughs> As though Abraham doesn't remember this awesome encounter with God. Or maybe he's thinking, you know, maybe God doesn't remember it. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, what do we think when we've gone a decade and nothing has happened? What do we think whenever, you know, it's our heartbeat and we feel like we have, you know, a, a word from God, a promise from God, but time keeps clicking on and maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, and we don't see anything happening. Well, that's where Abraham was. Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. It is a Syrian. And he's the heir to my house. I mean, I mean, you told me you're going to make me a great nation. You're going to bless me and you're going to bless my descendants after me and... Uh, hey, Lord, you know, uh, seeing, you know, what, what, what are you going to give me seeing that my heir, I mean, I, I only have one heir, and it's a servant. Eliezer of Damascus, a Syrian servant. He's the closest thing I have to a son, and he is the heir of all of my fortune. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Not not one born of my loins, but one born in my house. A servant, a a, a son of a servant who was born in my house uh, is my heir. And behold, verse 4 
the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. Hold on, buddy. Wait a second. No, ain't going to happen. No, you got it wrong. Hold on. He will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Uh, all, all of a sudden, God is bringing a little correction here because Abraham is having this discussion with God, and what Abraham is trying to do is let God off the hook. How many times do we try to let God off the hook? I know you promised me something. I know you said something. I know that, that, you know, but nothing has happened in a while and it didn't go like we thought it was going to go. And I know I'm getting older and I know you're getting older, God. And I know, you know, maybe you forgot. I don't know. Um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's okay. You know, uh, you know, would you just give me something? Because I'm going to give everything I have to Eleazar. God said, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to give everything you have to somebody that's born in your own body. Verse 5, then uh, uh, God brought Abram outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And, and he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Well, hold on now, I'm, I'm 85 years old. <laughs> My wife is 75. Nope. If you could count the stars, you could see the number of your descendants. And so in verse 6, and Abraham believed in the Lord um, and, 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 um, you know, the way this is written, Abraham believed in the Lord. He didn't necessarily, you know, he did believe the Lord, but he believed in God. He believed in God. He believed there was a God and he believed God. And so God counted to him as righteousness. Now, as I said, Abraham is 85 years old, 84, 85 here. And Sarah is, is, is 75. And just like Zacharias and Elizabeth, some 2000 years later would come across the same thing. They had prayed and prayed and prayed and didn't see anything, any fruit. And by the time Gabriel showed up, you know, in the book of Luke to, to Zacharias in the, in, in the temple, Zacharias, he, he, he didn't even want a kid no more, <laughs> you know? Uh, in fact, he kind of said, well, you know, and, and God shut him up. Don't be messing with what I'm going to do. You know, uh, maybe, maybe Abraham imagined it was a promise that had just passed its time. Have you ever felt like maybe that it was a promise from God or something you wanted or something you hoped for or something you believed for that just passed its time? I mean, it just, it just ran out of time. I mean, there once was a time when it would have been great and wonderful, but it's kind of just, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was just a little too hard for God. Maybe, maybe, maybe God spoke too quick. <laughs> you know, maybe, I mean, I mean, what do people think? You can imagine here as we're reading this account in the Word of God that, that if, if you or any of your friends or family may have been in that same occasion or may find themselves in, in a similar occasion today, what they may think. Maybe, maybe what God said, maybe what God promised was just a little bit too difficult for him. Or maybe God forgot about it and, and now it's too late. Oops, oh, hey, oh, you're right, Abram. Oh, my goodness. I was going to, I, I remember I was going to give you, oh, you, oh, it's right. I said that 10 years ago and nothing's happened. I'm sorry. Or maybe God changed his mind and just didn't tell. Have, have you ever thought maybe God changed his mind and just didn't tell you? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, come on now. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at me as though that this doesn't apply to you in life. It does. It happens. People are often perplexed at something that they feel like God has spoken or given or something they feel like they embraced or there was, there, there was a dream of their heart or something precious to their life. And it, it you know, um, 
a year's gone by, three years, ten years has gone by, and nothing has happened, and it kind of makes you wonder. And so here Abraham goes back to God, and God said, and, and Abraham just says, Lord, what are you going to give me seeing that, you know, that other thing didn't work out? And God said, hold on a second. You don't need to let me off the hook for anything, boy. Abraham loved God. Abraham respected God. But, you know, no doubt he didn't want to embarrass God. He didn't want to, you know, put God on the spot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe we can alter this promise somehow. Maybe I can relieve you of the obligation, God, of doing what you said you would do. You know, has anyone else ever felt that way? Like, maybe I could just take the burden off you, God, and, and maybe I can just put it on, you know, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's my fault. You know, I don't know. But God said emphatically, no, I don't need you to let me off the hook. What I promised, I will perform. And Abraham believed in God, and God counted him for righteousness. But yet, another year passes. And we find ourselves in Genesis 16, verse 1. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. <laughs> well, another year? Oh, we just talked about this, and this is, I mean, it's just, it's just clocking on here. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, uh, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. Now, all of this, I mean, this, is, he's, this has been going on for a while here. It's a long time since he left Haran. Verse 15, so Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, uh, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old. <laughs> when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Wow. Ishmael, the son of Abraham. Ishmael, a son whom Abram loved. No doubt he loved him. Uh, Abram loved Ishmael. Uh, Sarah didn't. Okay. Uh, Sarah, uh, you know, uh, nowhere in the Bible did it say that Sarah believed God. Abram believed God. Sarah didn't. <laughs> Sarah did not believe God was going to be coming through. Sarah did not believe it was going to happen. And uh, Sarah, whether, whether, you know, whether it's friends in your life, family in your life, uh, your own uh, you know, voices in your head, or anything else that begins to tell us that what God said, what God promised, what God wanted, what, what God dropped in your heart, uh, it, it's, it's just not going to happen. We need to do something about this ourselves. What we need to do, we need to take this into our own hands. And so Sarah talked Abraham into getting, um, you know, um, uh, getting on another path in life in attempts to remedy her dilemma. You know, how many times have we seen similar circumstances that people preempt the hand of God and end up, if not watchful, with an Ishmael, with, with uh, you know, trying to do the will of God. God has promised, but, but, but when God promises, many times only God can perform. And so Abraham, as I said, loved his son Ishmael, but Sarah didn't. And Abraham was again desirous to let God off the hook. Abraham wanted to let God, you know, okay, God, I mean, I mean, here, it's, it's been, you know, 10 years. I'm 86 now. 
Sarah is 76. And so um, after, after all, he and Sarah were getting older and older and older. And by the time we get to the next chapter, chapter 17, Abraham is 99 years old. My goodness, it's been 24 years since God made that promise. And they're 24 years older. They were already old to begin with. Okay? Now, 24 years later, it wasn't looking too hopeful and, uh, you know, and the Bible tells us that, you know, Abraham's body was now, you know, Sarah's body and Abraham's body were, they, they were dead. Sarah's womb was dead, dried up, petrified, gone, don't work, ain't happening. Okay. Genesis 17. Verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, <laughs> my goodness, are you getting this sense here? He appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Okay, God, now, <laughs> how many times are you gonna tell me this? How many times, Lord, am I going to hear that promise in my head? How many times am I going to feel that, 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 that hope? How many times, God, I mean, come on. You know, the, uh, month after month after month after month, year after year after year after year. And what I keep getting from God every time he talks to me is that, you know, um, uh, he's going to do something. You know, I'm not even sure I want him to anymore. You know, do I have what it takes to climb that mountain? Do I have what it takes to fight that battle? Do I have what it takes to go another decade. Verse 3, then Abram fell on his face and talked with, and, and God talked with Abram saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. You know, uh, uh, Sarah's not the only one that laughed in the Bible about this. Abram also laughed. We'll read it in a moment. Verse 15 then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her uh, uh, and, and she shall be a mother of nations and kings of people shall be from her. Verse 17, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> It may have been a nervous laugh. <laughs> I'm 99 years old. And he said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? This was strange. It's not the Lord. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Come on, God. Come on now. I mean, I'm not making this story up. 
we can talk about it, as I said, in a few minutes, but it took us 25 years to get this far so far. And now, you know, he's 100 years old and, you know, 99 at this moment. Uh, and verse 18, listen, listen one more time. Here's, here's Abraham trying to let God off the hook. I tell you what, God, Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. <laughs> let's, just, let's just crown Ishmael king. Let's just give Ishmael everything I got. Let's just, I, let's just call this good and done, Lord. Let's just call, I mean, I mean come on now. I mean, I, come on. I've, I've got it most of the way. I, I mean, I, it's okay, God. Don't worry about it. You don't have to keep telling me this. It's okay. It's okay, God. You know, frankly, I don't want to keep being disappointed and I don't want to keep on, you know, with you having to keep saying the same thing over and over to me. Don't worry about it, God. It's okay. I tell you what, how about we make Ishmael my heir? Then God said, no. <laughs> Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you and behold, I have blessed him and I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make a great nation of him. But my covenant, I'm going to establish with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear you at this set time next year. Well, the results of that, Genesis chapter 21, verse 1, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. He'd been saying for a long time. <laughs> and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Well, this evening I want to I leave us with, with three principles, three things, three encouragements um, for us to consider. Um, by the way, you know, don't you love that story? Don't you love that account when you can look at it? And God did not speak to Abraham the first time when he was 75. The first time God spoke to him was when he was 50. And he lived in Ur of the Chaldees before he dwelt in Mesopotamia. So this actually was a 50-year promise. The book of, book of Acts tells us that. A 50-year promise. The number one thing I would like for us to consider tonight is the fact that God does not need us to let him off the hook. Okay. Let me tell you something. God has a plan for our nation. God is bigger than anything else that we are facing today, whether it is, you know, uh, rioting, looting, if it's a political division, racial division, whether it's the tensions in community, whatever it may be that we are facing, I want you to know that God is bigger than the things that we face. Okay? Now, He will make things, all things beautiful in its time. You know, it may take time, and we have to give God time, but we don't need to let him off the hook, okay? We do not need to let God off the hook. I, I, I guarantee you what God has promised, he is able also to perform.
but he will do so in his time and in his way. And what he needs from us is for us to have, you know, a continual trust in what he has said to us. A second thing for us to consider is the fact that it is not over until God says it's over. Okay? It's not over when your body says it's over. Hello? It's not. It is not over just because your body says it's over. It is not over just because your mind says it's over. It's not over just because your friends say it's over. It's not over uh, even if death says it is over. It's still not over. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all died without having received the promise, but they have received it and will receive it because they received it not only in us, but God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. I am the God of the living, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive today. Praise the name of the Lord, and I promise you that not one word from God's lips will fall to the ground fruitless. Not in your life, not in my life, not in our nation, not in this world, not in eternity. It is not over. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. God was in Christ and Christ was in us. God is in Christ, Christ is in us, and all the promises of God in Christ are in us. Yes and amen, settled forever. And that's how God hopes that we will approach the hurdles, the difficulties, the, 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 the tragedies, the, the, the disappointments of life, that we would trust Him, that we would walk with Him realizing that it's not over until he says it's over. And he will only say it's over when he has fulfilled every word of his promise. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. It doesn't mean that there weren't some disappointments and won't be some along the way. But what we need, number three, our part in all of this is to have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, when you cannot have faith, even in your fellow man, when you cannot even have faith sometimes in your family, sometimes when you cannot even have faith in your own mind, in your own body, and there's no hope whatsoever, let me encourage you to do what Abraham, our father of faith, did, and he reached beyond his own capacity to have faith in God. He believed in God. Don't follow the naysayers in life, the fear mongers or the disgruntled groups. Listen, you are already in the middle of a miracle. You are dust held together by what? What is it that keeps us from disintegrating every day? Does anyone even know? I'm certain somebody has figured something out. But we are, we are already in the middle of a miracle. We are the house of Almighty God. We are the temple of the Lord. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am in the middle of a miracle. I am a walking, talking promise of God, Emmanuel. God with, Christ with the people. What a promise. 
What an amazing opportunity we have. You know, we're in the middle of a miracle. I want to be a cheerleader for God, not the devil. You know, I want to encourage you as we've been, we, we, we've been saying this for years here, that, that don't believe what the world has to say about God, about Christians, about, you know, about themselves, you know, about the church. Don't believe the propaganda of the world. You cannot believe the world's propaganda. Don't believe the, the media of the world. Okay? It's inspired by the devil. Don't believe what the world has to say about the world. Don't believe what the world has to say about the church. Don't believe what the world has to say about anything. Don't believe what the world has to say about President Trump. And don't believe what the world has to say about former Vice President Biden. Don't believe what the world has to say about the Democrats. Don't believe what the world has to say about the Republicans. Stop believing what the world has to say. The world is speaking loud. How do I know whether it's the world or, 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 or you know, whether it's the word? Well, that's just it. You go to the word. You know, most likely the loudest and most aggravating voice that you're hearing is the world. The world is always a loud voice. It's the most divisive, the most threatening, and it'll change its story with a heartbeat. It ebbs and flows with its own uh, propaganda and with its own benefit. Stay right with God and trust God. Trust God. Uh, God does not need us to let him off the hook for being in charge of the plan that's going to you know, give us a place to live and work and be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. We don't need to let him off the hook for that. We need to trust him. We need to give him our trust. We need to make sure that we stay right with him. Well, I, I close with this scripture in Romans, the fourth chapter about Abraham. Paul writing to us, he said he was our father of faith. Abraham, not being weak in faith, verse 19 says, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old uh, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. He did not hesitate. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't stop believing God because it took another five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. He didn't stop believing God but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, giving credit to God. He gave God some credit for being God. That's what that glory is there. It's credit for being God. And, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, God was able also to perform. And that's why God accounted his faith for righteousness. That keeps us right with God. And when we're right with God, then God moves on our behalf. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.